Hey guys, and welcome back to another podcast. Today I have a guest, Connor Clark, and we're going to be talking about how we stay healthy, active, and grounded while being a full-time college student. Welcome back to Milledgeville. How are you? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Just trying to get through this last month of the semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of classes finally coming to an end. Yep. And during these times, it's kind of hard to take care of yourself when you're preoccupied with so much schoolwork. And I know a lot of college students have jobs. Are you kind of struggling with the same thing? Yeah, you know, it's hard to work out, go to two or three classes, and then drive to work and stay 100% for all of it. But that's what makes you, that's the good thing about it. It pushes you to be stronger and uh, more focused. Yeah. All right, so I have a few questions to ask you, just kind of about how you stay healthy and active while being a full-time college student. Sure. So the first one is, how often do you eat out? Do you eat out? I think I eat out once or twice a week, depending on just how busy it is. If I'm uh, driving to work or something early in the morning, I need to get some breakfast. But I really tried to stock up my fridge a lot for the week and try and really finish off everything that I buy grocery shopping. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that eating out affects your mood or energy? I mean, I feel like everyone gets pretty excited for their favorite meals or Chick-fil-A or Starbucks, but um, not really, no. Yeah, because I know, which this might just be me, but whenever I eat out kind of after, I just feel kind of sluggish. I'm not really motivated to do any schoolwork. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the fried food can really uh, take a toll on your body and bring you down, especially if you've been eating clean for a while and then you decide to eat uh, like a big fast food meal. It can really just bring your mood down a lot. Yeah, because, I mean, I know in high school it was so easy to eat at home because most of the time our parents cooked dinner. But once you get to college, you're kind of on your own, so... It's a lot easier just to go pick up fast food, but in the long term, it's not helping us out. Yeah, especially because when I where I grew up, there was only like four or five different good fast food restaurants, and then here in Milledgeville, I mean, you have probably every single fast food restaurant there is. So whatever you're craving that day, it's going to be on that road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you say you cook meals at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. I cook probably, I cook, all of my meals are centered around a meat, whether it's chicken, beef, salmon, um, even sometimes sausage, all sorts of stuff like that is what the main deal is. And then you have your sides, whether it's pastas, uh, vegetables, Wow, so you really just go all out, because I know some college students, their idea of cooking a meal at home is probably just ramen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you shop anywhere specifically so you can get cheaper meals, or how do you do that? So, the best thing for a college student that I've found is is, uh, Aldi's. Before Aldi's, I went to Kroger and uh, Walmart, and shopping there, I would fill up, like, half of my grocery cart and it would it would 
total out to be like a hundred dollars and then I go to Aldi and my cart I feel like I need two shopping carts and I've barely scratched a hundred dollars so it's just wow. there's a lot more uh, options more bang for your buck in Aldi in my opinion yeah that's awesome I, I haven't shopped at Aldi's a lot but I definitely need to check that out because even Walmart can sometimes get a little pricey when it comes to even frozen <laughs> meals yeah, I mean, a lot of people shop at Walmart because it's got just about everything. So they're going to do multiple shopping and stuff. And it's in that little outdoor strip where there's all sorts of other shops. So a lot of people think it's convenient to go to Walmart, but it may not be best for their, more convenient for their wallet. Because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's your go-to meal at home? I know you mentioned uh, meat and a veggie, but do you have like one specific one that's your favorite or? My favorite is my homemade chicken piccata. Mm. Yeah, chicken breasts. Cook that up, get your noodles going, and then there's the special sauce that brings it all together. Oh, where'd you learn how to cook that? I learned how to cook that at my job. I work for a restaurant in in uh, Lake Oconee. It's at a Cuscoilla on Lake Oconee, which is a golf course, and the chef there has taught me many, many things. Well, that's cool. So you kind of have the ins and out of kind of cooking at home. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I do know a thing or two. Yeah, that's awesome, because a lot of college students, like myself, I can't cook to save my life, so that's probably helped you a lot. Let me guess, you like to make overnight oats? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kind of foods do you eat that are pretty beneficial for you? Yeah, so a common misconception is that salt and butter cause heart attacks and are too good for you. But the thing is, like even the the department that uh, show is like, I don't know, has the list for healthy foods. The FDA? Yeah. They've removed salt from their list too because it's not bad for you at all it's actually quite beneficial really everything needs salt to live and then butter a lot of people think that that's bad for you but if you get real grass-fed butter all it is is heavy cream and sometimes salt added together so butter is really not something you need to get away from a lot of the people mess it up when they they like think these are bad because of like the generic brands like the great value brands that have all these other ingredients in it so and like if you can't pronounce it it's probably not very good for you although yeah. there are some good stuff that you can't pronounce but yeah well it's kind of become a thing I feel like with our generation with clean eating and kind of realizing what's in the foods we put in our body yeah well I think that comes down to social media I mean you get a lot of people talking with their opinions, posting stuff out there that tell you what's right and what's wrong, but all in all, you could get some bad information, but in the end, you're getting a lot of good information from a lot of people, and yeah, once it, you start to learn some stuff, it just keeps on building up and up and up. Yeah, absolutely, because, I mean, even if you see something on social media, you kind of need to take it into your own hands, do your own research, so... Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I saw the other day chia seeds were really good for you, and... I was like, 
I mean, the benefits were like out of the roof and I didn't just go straight from that one social media post and, to the store to, and yeah, to put um, it in your cart and buy it. But I'm yeah, sure you looked own. in, looked it up and found out some good things about it. Yeah. And I mean, once you go to the store and you get chia seeds, I mean, if the only ingredient is chia seeds, then obviously you've got the right thing, but yeah. it's so difficult because right next to one bag of chia seeds were two others and those both included more ingredients than just chia seeds and that's where things just kind of get messed up I feel like. Yeah it just seems so unnecessary to add all this extra stuff if you just want one sim simple thing but they're adding 10 other ingredients to it. Yeah. Alright so kind of steering in a different direction how often do you work out? I work out probably I try to get four to five times a week when I'm completely healthy and if I'm not doing too much uh, concerning school or working, I try yeah. to get that much in. That's a lot. Uh, how do you balance working out with you work, obviously, and school? You know, there's just different routines for each day depending on what time your classes are so if you got some during the morning you just gotta go in the afternoon if you got some in the afternoon you just gotta stick to it and get up in the morning and go and yeah. uh, that's just one of the skills that I've learned to this day yeah so that's that's what's really great about college is you can kinda I mean gyms stay open so late now that I mean if you have to you can go at night or early in the morning it's not like you have to go at any specific time yeah the the school offers one that stays till probably like 10 11 but I mean the complex that I live at says you could go in there 24 7 they oh, just wow. you get a little card and if you get in the lights come on and you can get it get your work done yeah that's nice so you have access to Pretty much two, I wouldn't say free gyms, but... No, not free at all, but Complimentary two gyms. gyms of... Yeah. A lot of the complexes around Milledgeville genuinely have a gym there, and then the school offers one, so there's not too many excuses if in, in Milledgeville. Yeah, that's very true. So what kind of workouts do you do? Do you focus more on, like, cardio or strength training. I know I'm more into yoga, so mm, yoga's great. Yeah. I'm more into strength training. I'm not necessarily on the bodybuilder big guy. Yeah. I'm just trying like a big thing for me is staying fit and trying to build muscle. And a way of doing that is uh well, it it varies between high reps and uh low weight or high weight and low reps but mm -hmm. I mean a lot of people think that you need to run in order to lose a lot of weight and sort of stuff but if you just stick to a plan and are in like a caloric deficit then you can get to the weight that you want to be yeah absolutely and I know not everyone who's trying to work out is trying to lose weight necessarily I know yeah. a lot of people are trying to gain muscle which I'm kind of trying to do, yeah. Yeah. Big thing for that is uh, the caloric overload. So you're just trying to eat probably two to 300 more calories than your maintenance uh, calories. And 
an easy way to doing that is adding in protein shakes or maybe eating just slightly bigger portions. So I try to eat. I have protein shakes too. I, I get the whey protein. Mm-hmm. It's got like 26 grams. And when I add in all the protein that I get from my meals and then a um, protein shake on top of that, I'm yeah. really getting my protein goals in order to build muscle. But for someone like you who's maybe trying to gain a little weight, I would try, probably add in a protein shake, and that would probably be all you need. Yeah, absolutely. I know I'm a guest and all, but can I ask you a question? Sure. How's, how's yoga? You said you brought that up earlier in the podcast, and I just want to know how much benefit you get from yoga. Yeah, I love yoga. Um, I do it about three or four times a week at a place here. Um, it is hot yoga, mm. so it's not for everyone. I know some people kind of get lightheaded or dizzy when they work out in hot mm-hmm. temperatures, but I find that it helps me more, kind of helps me stretch a little deeper. Um, How I do- hot does it get in there? It's about 95 degrees, and they do do have a Pilates class, which is 100. Obviously, the fans are on high, but for the hot vinyasa class that I do, it's about 95 degrees. The fans are on medium, and yeah, I mean, it's great. Have you ever done yoga before? No, No, I haven't, but could you tell me a little bit more about vinyasa? What is that? Yeah, so vinyasa is kind of... A low-impact form of yoga, I would say. Um, It's more about just flowing into one position into the next, and you kind of start off by holding it a little bit longer, so it's kind of uncomfortable at first. And by the end of the class, though, you're flowing a lot. It's called one breath, one movement, so you're just moving at a, I wouldn't say fat, like fast pace, but a lot faster than at the beginning of practice. Yeah. So where do you do yoga at? Uh, it's called Harmony Hot Yoga and Pilates, I think. Um, Here in Milledgeville? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, how much does something like that cost if someone was trying to get interested? Well, that's, <laughs> that's the downside. It's definitely not for everyone because it can get pricey. Um mm. I know for a student, your first month is about $45, but it hikes up to about $75 a month after that first month. And how many people would you say are in this, in a yoga class with you? Um, Not too many. Um, There's the regulars, obviously, about three regulars, and then you'll kind of have some people who pop up every now and then. So I'd say an average class is about five. Yeah. Do you have any friends that do it with you? Um, No, but sometimes on Fridays uh, my roommates will come with me because students can <laughs> get a class for free on oh, Friday. so they're trying to get uh, – I see. Yeah. But I do know that at the Wellness Center here at Georgia College they do have yoga. Um, the only downside is it's not hot yoga, which is uh, one of the main reasons I like going to it. I bet it'd be a lot harder to stretch in a cold environment than a hot environment. Yeah, definitely. Like, kind of going back to you, um, when you're doing your strength training, do you... I know some people wear, like, sweatshirts, so they kind of, like, 
get their body temperature up a bit more. Do you try to do that? Yeah, lately it's been really cold in the gyms that I've been going to, so I always wear a sweatshirt. That way it's just warmer and my muscles can stretch a little more because when it's cold you're all stiff and tight and it's just it's really hard to get the full range of motion that you'd want to get, which is why I see why yoga would have it so warm in there. Yeah. I feel like that would really help me if the gyms were warm. But then again, it could get pretty hot and steamy yeah. in the gym. Well, I know a lot of people are about to have their New Year's resolution be going back to the gym. And I feel like as someone who, I mean, both of us obviously are pretty active. So we know kind of these like small tips and tricks. But do you think that it's kind of intimidating for people who are just going to start working out in January for kind of, I wouldn't say the first time ever, but maybe in a while. It definitely is intimidating. I know that when I first started, I was pretty intimidated. And I mean, I mean, everything's nerve wracking at first, but the main part is just going. Yeah. If you're, if you're just going to the gym, eventually you're going to find stuff that you like, find stuff that you can do, find stuff that you can get better at. And once you start getting better at stuff, you're going to start to become less nervous. And overall, you're going to get more results from it. Yeah. And so, yeah, back to you. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the main thing of, like, leading a healthy lifestyle is just starting do like, getting started doing it. Because it's so easy just to push it off and eat fast food and not eat healthy and I just know a lot of people are going to try to start making a change for the better and you're right it kind of is just that first step of just going. So I know I talked about this earlier about social media being beneficial because there's a lot of information out there but then there's also a downside that there's so much information that people can become overwhelmed on what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. And I feel like that's another thing that kind of pushes people away. But if yeah. you simply like just find the stuff you're good at, find the stuff you like. And once you get in that routine, it'll all you'll you'll find the stuff that's right for you. Yeah, you're very right. Well, thank you so much for sharing kind of, of your course your version of a healthy active lifestyle of course thanks for having me on the podcast yeah of course so all right all right so thank you all for listening to my podcast and i hope you all have great rest of the semester and stay happy and healthy bye